It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? All right, welcome into another Auburn Live show. Appreciate everybody for joining us on this Saturday morning. Um, or you could be listening. I think we I think we put the podcast up. We started putting them up late at night. Um, so there's some people that might catch the podcast late at night, and then everybody else probably gets gets it in the morning. But either way, appreciate you joining us. Um, this is the Modcast Edition. I am Justin, and as always, Jeffrey Lee and Cole Pinkston uh, join join the show for the the Modcast Edition. We do every every weekend talk football and recruiting what's up guys busy busy weekend ahead yes sir always the home games are always busy these days yeah um all right well let's let's jump into it um auburnlive.com excuse me auburnlive.com subscribe if you're not a part of it um go subscribe uh, while the deal is still going on, 10 bucks for 12 months, it's crazy, crazy good. So go be a part of AuburnLive.com. Let's talk a little Auburn Ole Miss, and then we'll get into uh, a little bit of recruiting. Maybe talk about the database a little bit for people, just like maybe some high-level stuff as that thing is uh, is launching and pretty sweet too. Um, all right, Auburn Ole Miss, I mean, it's it's basically a pick em. Um Is it? I mean, it's it was. I think, I think Auburn started off as a one-point favorite. In other places, it was a it was Ole Miss a one point favorite. Auburn might be a two or three, yeah. something like that. I mean, either way, it's really close. I think they're two and a half right now. Auburn, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be a really close game. Um, I think we all anticipate Halloween. Golly, it just has a feel of it's cooler weather, Halloween weekend. Then it just feel like it's going to be a wild game. Like that's just my yes. gut is saying I, I, that I that I don't know. I mean, that I don't know what's going to happen. Yep. Yeah. Anytime you throw uh, Lane Kiffin into the mix on Halloween, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> Justin, I've got it as uh, anywhere from Auburn minus one, minus two and a half, minus three, as much as minus three. So there you go. Which is, you know, I I, I went on Jake Crane's show earlier this week, and I I told him, man, I'm shocked. I was shocked when Auburn came out favored to win here, yeah. and. I still am. Yeah. Well, think about how competitive the SEC is. Like, so Ole Miss is as high as eight. Uh, they're on the road. They're a couple of points underdog. And then you've got Kentucky, um, who's who's ranked – I can't remember exactly where. They're right around the top ten, whatever they are. Uh, they were – I think they came out as like a one or a couple point underdog. What are they at, Jeffrey? To Mississippi State. Minus one and a half, minus one to Mississippi State. Yeah, I mean, I'm, so yeah, got, I'm sorry. Mississippi State minus favored to win by one. Favored yeah, win. so you got a couple of teams there that, uh, you know, Kentucky and Ole Miss that are right there, top ten that are road underdogs, um, and I, I guess that just plays into it's Kentucky and Ole Miss. Like they're just not your perennial traditional. They're not there every year, so maybe there's a little bit of of non belief in them from the betting public. Like, yeah, are they really top ten? Yeah, maybe there's a little bit of that going on. I don't know. Yeah. Well, man, I, Ole Miss 
would you say they were as high as number eight? I think they're eight in one poll or, or nine in one poll, ten in another. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. Top ten, any way you look at it. Yeah. Well, you had a couple teams. You know, they they really had the benefit of just winning, and then and then this past weekend you had uh, a couple of teams lose inside the top ten, and so they they snuck they snuck in there. Um, but it's it's wild. I mean, Cincinnati's up there with the best chance in a while to be a group of five team to, you know, can they find a way in? And so it's it's definitely. Uh, I haven't watched have Cincinnati. Normals, are, are, they're good. Are they really they're, that good? They're good. They're, they're benefiting though of starting so high. They finally got. They're 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 the first group of five team to really start really high, and then they're gonna and then they've won every game. And then you have a few losses in there, and so it's allowed them to move into that top five. Generally, you know, if they start at fifteen, they'd be sitting around seven, eight, something like that, maybe. But they they benefited from Luke Fickle and getting that respect over the last few years. And Desmond Ritter, good player. I mean, good quarterback. I mean, well known quarterback. I mean, they're they're good. I bet if you put them on a neutral field against Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, um, Oklahoma, heck, Any of probably the other top Oregon. Teams. You know, you could probably pick six, seven teams at least on a neutral field. They'll be the underdog against. Um, we might find out because <laughs> they, yeah, they look like they got a pretty clear path. Hey, uh, that always makes me think. Uh, in Bobby Boucher, the water boy, <laughs> who was the field goal kicker? Laces out. Do y'all remember? Yeah. Oh, are you? Yeah, laces out. Or are you thinking of what is that? Ace Ventura. He's Ventura, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. He's Ventura, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the kicker's name. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, Dan. They kidnaps Dan Marino. Yeah, that Luke Fickle always makes me think of that guy. <laughs> Just that name. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh shoot. Yes, you're right. What is that? Yeah, I can't remember the kicker's name. Um. Oh, Ray, Finkel, Ray, right? Ray, Ray Finkel. <laughs> Ray Finkel. <laughs> yes. That's about Ray to say. Finkel. Waterboy is my favorite movie. All right. all There's no way that I don't remember that. <laughs> of all time? Oh, yeah. It's up there. It's oh, top my three. Gosh. Top three. Oh, man. Yeah. That's like an old movie to you, isn't it, Cole? No, man. That's that's prime movie. That's that's right in the in the good old days. What are you, 17 and a half now? Uh, all right. Um, let's talk a little bit about this old Auburn Ole Miss game. Um, and uh, we'll start with, with as we always do, we'll start with you, Jeffrey, on kind of get your get your thoughts on this thing. I've kind of gone back and forth. I told the board, I think on Sunday or Monday, I, I said my early gut feeling was that Ole Miss was going to squeak it out. Like it was going to be a kind of a gut-wrenching, something frustrating happens for Auburn and Ole Miss wins this thing by a field goal. Um I'm, you know, I'm kind of still in that territory. I just don't know. I really think it could go either way. I could see Auburn, you know, I could see Ole Miss winning this football game. I could see Auburn doing some things. I think matchup wise, it's an interesting matchup, but I, I really, I'm kind of with Vegas. Like, I really think, I really think it could go either way. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I never had a good feeling about that, this. I think we talked about it last week, Cole. You liked the matchup more than I did. I, I, I was looking at Ole Miss and a good quarterback and a good passing game, and I'm looking at Auburn's defensive backs, their secondary, and how they played against good quarterbacks and good passing games this year. Didn't look good in, as far as I was concerned, which is why I was shocked when Auburn was favored to win. Now, I've since learned that Ole Miss is pretty beat up, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they've lost some linemen, some so-and-so's out, their wide receiver, and Corral's a little beat up. To me, it, when it comes to games like this with Auburn, with all these middle-tier t- SEC teams, whether it be, you know, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, any of these teams, if Auburn plays – not mistake free because that's really high expectations, but damn, if you can catch the dang ball, if they're, if they're making their catches, if, if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and they're not making dumb mistakes, I think they can play with anybody, especially in that middle t- tier in the, in the West, LSU, Mississippi state, Ole Miss, um, even A&M. I think Auburn has that chance. I think they can win. I think they have, the coaching staff that's going to put them in position to win. I love this staff. I love the game plan so far. Um, I think Derek Mason, his little bend but don't break scheme on defense is probably going to work out in Auburn's favor here, right? You know, yes. Give them, give them, give them the small things. Just don't let them bust that. Don't let, don't let me see Lane Kiffin throwing his freaking clipboard up into the stands. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> so I, I, but I, Justin, when it comes down to it, I wouldn't touch this game, but if I had to, man, it's hard for me not to see Ole Miss pulling it out. I really do. I, um, but but I, with that said, I, I feel like if Auburn does the things they're supposed to do, if they make the plays, that they don't they don't leave more than two or three plays on the field like they have done in their all in, in the losses. They've left several plays on the field. Um, you know, we Justin, we had a guy yesterday tell us off the record. That you know Auburn's four really like four or five plays from being five and or six and one yeah. five and two yeah five and two yeah yeah from being six and one but they're also five or six plays from being you know four and three uh so and it's those plays that's going to make the difference in, in a game like this in a close game like this it's going to be those few plays those two or three plays where you're either going to make the catch. You know, be in coverage, not getting burnt deep. Uh, that's going to decide this game. If Auburn makes those two to three plays like they did at LSU and uh, at Arkansas, then they're going to win. I, I, I feel like they can win. But if they they make the same mistakes they made in the Georgia and Georgia State and Penn State, then no. Um, I think what it comes down to is, is is making those plays, not giving you not getting beat deep, making the plays on offense, making the catches. Uh, not turning the football over, staying away from the dumb penalties. Uh, it's a really simple recipe for Auburn this year. Yeah, Cole, I think I think there's a lot of things going on with, in my mind that are making this game confusing. One, it Ole Miss is having, <clears throat> excuse me, Ole Miss is having, you know, kind of a special season. Uh, you know, they fell short against Alabama, but they got Heisman favored at quarterback. Their defense is playing a little bit better. Um, and so you – you, you, you get the feel of, you know, you, whenever you play a team that thinks like this is their year or, or that they have something to really special going on, that's always tricky. Um, then you have, you know, the issues at Auburn. We'll wait and see who plays. And if anybody is suspended, like that's been a big rumor. And if, if there's a couple guys that don't play, what, what's the impact there? Um, can Bo Nix, you know, I thought, Cole, your point about Bo Nix and can he continue to play well? Like, I love what I've seen from Bo, but I think it's perfectly reasonable to still say, "Can I, I want to see it again? Maybe just let me let me let me make sure." So there's just some things that 
you know, can can he come back and have another 80% completion or 75% completion game and 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 look really good? Uh is Pap is Papo gonna look 100 percent if he comes back? Like there's just there's just a lot of things to me that are that are going on here in this game that I think that's what has me sort of going, it could go either way. Like Auburn, Auburn could win this game by two touchdowns. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I don't think I don't think Ole Miss wins the game by two touchdowns. They play out, out of their mind, but like Auburn. I could see Auburn doing that. Defense plays pretty well, something like that. But what do you think, Cole? Are you kind of – are you more definitive on what you think is going to happen or are you sort of with us where it's like it's really up in the air? Uh, I'm with Jeffrey where I wouldn't – if I was betting on this game or if I was, you know, betting, I wouldn't touch this game. I think I think that it, it could go either way. Um, I think, you know, with Bo Nix and, and – and I just, I just want to make this point about the players in general on offense and defense with the new scheme. So maybe less on defense, but but on offense. Let's just talk offense first. So, you know, uh, the way that they were under the, the previous coaching staff, they had the mindset that they've got to make plays whenever they get the ball in their hands, right? They, we, they threw screens, lateral passes, all that kind of stuff all the time. Uh, I hate those things. I know, I know it's just don't watch UCF because you'll see some more of it. Watching them, it, it refuse to. I can call every play. Anyway, the point of those is we're giving you the ball in space. We want you to go make a play, right? Well, that was their attitude. That was the way they thought they had to play the game. Mike Bobo comes in. His scheme's totally different. He says, trust my scheme. We will get you in the right pl- place mm. to make plays. If you'll just make the catch. Right. I mean, you don't need, um, you know, Anthony Schwartz to make people miss and run by people. You need somebody that that can run a good route, catch the football, and and keep the chains moving in this offense. That's how it's built. Well, there's last week to me, it looked like they were finally starting to figure that out and buy into that. And I don't know if they talked to him about that at practice, but if they can keep doing that. And that's and that's the thing, you know. If they can keep doing that, maybe they maybe they, you know, lose their mind and and try to revert to the old way of doing things. But I think I think they're making progress. I think they're starting to buy into the way that they do things. And on the defensive side, to me, I think they're getting a lot better and they're tightening up the zone coverage. And that's why KJ Jefferson was holding the ball for five seconds when he's not had to do that all year. So. I mean, I kind of like where Auburn sits in this one going in, and I think Ole Miss has had sort of a tough road here, and they're banged up, and and uh, even Corral was somewhat banged up last week. Am I am I right about that? Did I? Yeah, he limped off. Yeah. <clears throat> so you know, he's the lead rusher for Ole Miss right now. Maybe they don't they don't go to that as much. I, as good as a play caller as Jeff Levy is, you, if you have some things like that, if you if you have a quarterback like that's a Heisman candidate and you're worried about injuring the guy, then there's some things you won't call, right? You're going to hold some things out just because you got to be careful with that kind of stuff. And if you do, you know, the risk is huge. So maybe he, maybe he does that, but I, I think he holds back a little bit. Some things that he's been doing. That's the case. Corral is actually hurt. So you, you, think, you think they're limited? I, I do. And, and, and there's, you know, the rumors are floating around that there are two receivers that have been out, uh, Mingo and Sanders, who they desperately need. I mean, I don't know how many targets that Drummond guy got 
last week, but it was more than everybody else combined for sure. So they need some other options throwing the football. And, uh, you know, they need those guys to come back. If they are back, that helps them. That's huge for Ole Miss. If they're not, then it's huge for Auburn, I think. Yeah, I'm curious to see what Auburn dials up a week off. Um, You know, that's huge um, against that against that offense to try to figure some things out. I would imagine, you know, I kind of see it. The defensive plan probably needs to be similar to what it was against Arkansas. I mean, limit the big plays, try to contain Corral. uh, You know, don't just go flying upfield and let him let him just take off. Um, and just make them work. Stop them on a couple of fourth downs if you can. Maybe they go two for four on fourth down. Just get a couple stops and just you just just make them work. <clears throat> um, and and I think you'll be in good position to to win the football game. Um, I think the big somebody asked in our in our asked and answered segment. Somebody asked uh, about the running game versus the passing game. Uh, and I'd be curious to get y'all's thoughts on this. And that's you know if, if Auburn had to choose, would you rather you know where's the more likely chance of improvement running game or passing game and which would benefit Auburn more like right now. And I kind of answered passing game because I'm just not sure how much better the running game, like they're not, I don't think the running game is going to all of a sudden start just blowing people off. They're not blowing people off the ball. They're not doing it now. I don't know how much better the running game can be at this point. I see more potential for progress in the passing game. Receivers start catching balls Bo Nix, can he get better? Uh, can Landon King become more more of an option? Can Javaris Johnson become more of an option? Um, and then maybe that opens up some things in the run game. But uh, I'd be curious to to, to know, uh, Jeffrey, your thoughts on that. On it, Do you think the running game is sort of where it is? Do you think it can get better passing game? Which one of those do you think has a better opportunity to improve and which would be better for Auburn um, if, it, if, it did, if it did improve? I'm going with the run game. I have been disappointed with the run game this year. Absolutely. Yeah. Last year, if you remember, Auburn had, ran the ball fairly well. Uh, run blocking was actually their, the best thing they did on offense. This year, and, and, and they couldn't pass protect. This year, they've done a decent job at pass protecting, but the yeah. run game, I don't know. And, and I don't know, Cole will know more about this than I will, but I don't know if it's the backs. Of course, you know, tanks still tank, and the line's – what pretty much the same as it was last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Just haven't much. been able to find success running the football, not like they did a year ago. I think tanks, what maybe maybe six hundred. How many? He's at five. He's at like yeah. five thirty. Yeah. yeah, not even. And I mean, he's not even close to averaging hundred a game. Not even close. Uh, I think the run game has the potential because we saw it a year ago. I know we're in a different system here now, but I've been disappointed with the run game. The passing game, I mean, honestly, you take the drops out, dude. It's been a lot better than I was expecting. I mean, it's been pretty good. Bo's been pretty good. The receivers have not. Yep. Um, so yeah, they making they they're making eighty percent more catches the rest of the season, the second half of the season, like they did starting last two weeks ago against uh, Arkansas. Um, man, that's going to be a very potent uh, passing game. The, the run game to me has been disappointing is the best way I can describe it. I, I really, I was expecting a lot more from tank. I was expecting a lot more 
um, from the offensive line. And like I said, Cole may know more about it. Who, who's at more at fault here? I think Cole talked a couple of weeks ago about the patience, the lack of patience, the uh, lack of vision that Tank has had. He's missed some holes. Um, and, you know, I think Justin, a couple of weeks ago, you said this is not the same Tank, right? Uh, it's just, it's just, we're just not the yeah. same guy. Is it the sophomore slump? Which I hate that freaking word. But um, I, in my opinion, the run game is far um, falling short of, of meeting my expectations. And I think the potential is there. I just don't think it's clicked at all at the same time. I, I don't know, you know, once they get all, the, the backs, the line, I think the tight ends have done a great job of blocking. I think receivers down the field have done a great job of blocking. Uh, but for some, for some reason, and, um, they just haven't been able to get it going. The, the toss sweep, I think Cole loves the toss sweep. I do too. I mean, how do you not, right? <clears throat> Yes, sir. Had the had the best uh, most success with the tall sweep, and Cole is a big fan of it. Thinks we're going to see a lot more, and I can't understand why we wouldn't. Look, I'm a big fan of old school football. I mean, these days you got what you can wear pads one day a week, right? right? So you don't you don't know how to defend a tall sweep when you got three linemen coming at you and a fullback. You don't practice against that. That's something you don't see, and and uh, you you may get lucky and stop it one time, but if it keeps coming at you, you know you're in trouble. These defenses today, these smaller linebackers, guys that you know don't fight through blocks as well, they're more they're better in space. That's that's the kind of stuff you do against them. I think. I mean, you need to have a good mix. Don't get me wrong, but that I think there's a place for the old school running game and stuff like that, and. Uh, just to go off of your question, Justin, I'll go run game two with Jeffrey on that because, honestly, last week, I think that's as close to, you know, the potential that you're going to see in Auburn's passing game with Mike Bobo. Yeah. 20, what was he, 20 for 26, 80%, whatever he was. Yeah. And, and, you know, sort of a mix of the short passing game with the, with the deep balls mixed in there that was nice and and that's that's about all you can ask from his passing game the only other thing you want from his offense is to get the running game going and i think i think uh like jeffrey was saying with the potential still being there to me yeah i'm with you on the offensive line not really getting any better i don't think they're gonna just start blowing people off the ball overnight but the running backs to me they they miss they leave yards on the field. That's that's what we used to say, right? You leave yards on the field. There's available yards that you left there. And I think that's happened way too much this year, leaving yards on the field. And a lot of it's in the zone run game. Either Tank or Hunter or whoever's in the game just doesn't – they want the big play, right? It's kind yeah. of – the zone run game can be methodical. If you're a running back who likes to break it loose – you know, likes to be out in the open field making moves on people. It's difficult to get your mindset back to, okay, uh, I got movement in front of me. Let me just get behind it and surge for three or four yards. Some guys are made for that. Other guys are not. Tank Bigsby, he wants the big play. You can see it. He wants to bounce it when he doesn't mm-hmm. need to. That's been happening. Uh, you know, I, I'm not picking on the guy. I think he's one of the best talents in the country, regardless of position. It's just – you know, you have to be you have to be fully disciplined in this offense. Like like I was saying about the receivers, you you can't try to make the play when it's not there. It's not going to work in this offense. 
you have to be able to settle for the smaller play in order to set up the bigger plays. So to me, that's been the problem in the run game. And I think there's a lot more to come with the run game. I think they get a little better this week. I think Tank Bigsby finds more success this week. And uh, I think Hunter and Shivers can, can mix in there and, and uh, help get it going as well. Maybe, maybe throw a few more man blocking schemes like counter and, and power and, and try to, bully you know Ole Miss's front a little bit so and then the toss play of course Keep the old student body right yes sir yeah and I wonder how much I wonder if Bo you know Bo I wonder if he's going to become still you know kind of be in the mix in that run game a little bit he was he, you know he wasn't as much against Arkansas until late because the passing game was pretty efficient but then late you know obviously he had some big runs and so I think keeping him involved in the run game is huge too so we'll see but, if they let can me let me say keep that too. going on that on the on the QB run thing. So yeah, they haven't shown that as much as maybe last year or you know, obviously with you know when Gus was there. But uh, what game was it? I think it was the Penn State game. We got reports that that Penn State was using one of their running backs to simulate Bo Nix running the football. So what does that mean? That means. Every week at practice, people are very worried about that. Maybe maybe people aren't as worried as Penn State are now. Just when you start to leave that alone, that's when, you know, you can start doing the, the quarterback runs, and that starts to be another element of the running game. So if they're not preparing for it, it could be trouble for, for when Bobo decides to open that up because he could at any time because he's got the quarterback to be able to do it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, all right, so how do we see this thing playing out? I think Matt Corral is probably going to get his get his yards um, through the air. I mean, that offense is too good um, and, and and too you know too up tempo. I'm curious to see how Auburn handles that. Arkansas got him with that tempo a little bit. Maybe with this bye week, little preparation, Auburn can be a little more prepared for that tempo. Uh, it's just it's hard to deal with. I was looking at some efficiency ratings, and I mean, Ole Miss is the fourth best offense in the country on football outsiders, which ranks, uh, you know, efficiency. It's like Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Ole Miss. Um, I mean, that's a really, really good offense. Um, so how do we how do we see this thing playing out? What are What's maybe one or two keys uh, to the game for Auburn to, to win this game? Is there a number that they need to hit rushing? Do they need to get a certain amount of turnovers? Is there a – I mean, what's, what's, what's maybe one or two things, Jeffrey, that you think will, will decide the game? The over I'm uh, the over under on drop balls being one and a half and, and, and finishing under. Yeah. I really uh man, I really feel like Mike Bobo is gonna put these guys in position to score points. I think they're gonna get uh I think I think thirty-four points, whoever gets to thirty-four will win this ball game. I think uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking thirty-four, thirty-one, something like that. I don't think thirty points is gonna win it. I, I think you're gonna uh need to get that plus a field goal at least. Um, I like that Owen Papo's coming back. 
I like that Auburn's got a damn good field goal kicker, and uh, that could be the difference. But I feel like, uh, to me, it's going to be scoring points this game, and in order to do that and sustain drives, Auburn's going to need to catch the football. Um, that's the, the drops have got to be a thing of the past. If they play like they did at Arkansas, if they catch the ball like they did at Arkansas, and I'm a big proponent of really running the football. This uh, I think I think Cole mentioned at some point, but sustain, sustaining drives against this Ole Miss defense, keeping their offense off the field. Yes, you're going to have to run the football, and you're going to have to catch the damn ball. And if they can do that and sustain drives and add eight, ten play drives and, and getting points, um, I really feel like Auburn should be able to come out of this with a win. Um, so that's, that's what I'll be looking at, drop passes and being able to run football. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with time of possession, uh, like you're saying. I think time of possession is the is – the, if not the biggest key, one of the biggest keys in the game for Auburn. They, they got to control time of possession, in my opinion. Not only that, they need to make Ole Miss snap the ball as much as possible when they're on offense. Like you're saying, no big plays. You don't want to see Lane Kiffin throwing his his, his uh, play sheet up in the crowd. That's that's a recipe for disaster. You you make them snap the ball because one, they're having to earn every every first down. That if you get them to a fourth down, yeah, they'll probably go for it. But at least they're having to work for it. Number two it gives you more opportunities to create a turnover or, you know, any, any kind of big play on defense. So more, more snaps for Ole Miss control the time of possession, control the ball for Auburn. Um, and that's to me, the biggest thing in this game. So. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good point. I, I'm looking at the, probably the linebackers and, and the, and really that, that, that front seven, but the linebackers in particular, if Papo is healthy, um, that's just massive. Because Ole Miss, look, mm-hmm. I mean, as we think about Ole Miss and how powerful an offense they are, they lead the league in rushing. They're number one in the in the league in rushing. Um, now Corral obviously has a part of that, but um, they they can run the football. And uh, you know Auburn, you know Arkansas gashed them running the football. McLean yeah. and Wooten had a ton of tackles. They were on the field a lot. Um, and so, yeah, I think in combination with time of possession, uh, that kind of got out of control a little bit in the middle of that game against Arkansas. But those linebackers have got to play really, really well. Maybe getting Papo back will add a little bit of um, freshness to those guys. Um, you know, maybe you can rotate some other linebackers and and those defensive tackles play well. They just <clears throat> if they can if they can slow that down a little bit, um, then they'll be in great shape. Great shape. Because um, I mean, Arkansas gashed them for like 200 yards, and, and Auburn still won that game and held them to 20 something points. I mean, if you can, if you can hold that Ole Miss rushing attack in check, um, and maybe maybe Ole Miss gets a little impatient um, and, and and tries to take shots or whatever it is, um, and I think you'd be in, I think you'll be in really really good shape. So if they could hold Ole Miss to like, you know, maybe a buck 75 rushing, uh, Auburn wins unless they unless they screw that unless they screw it up. Give up some massive play through the air, whatever. But if they can hold them about one seventy five or something like that, I think they'll be in. Uh, I think they'll be in. I think they'll be in great shape. Um, yep. I think it's going to be an exciting game, though. I, yeah. You know, I I really don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen. I'm kind of with you. Probably the winners at thirty four, something like that. Thirty four points. That's kind of that's kind of where I'm where I'm at. Uh, and hopefully Matt Corral. I mean, maybe he's not. You know, he was banged up after Tennessee. 
He definitely didn't run as much last week. And so, yeah, I can't imagine he's going to be super eager to just take off every chance he gets. And so maybe if he hesitates just a hair, that's good for Auburn. Yeah. So it should be a, should be a great game, 6 p.m., ESPN, Auburn Ole Miss. Massive game. If Auburn wins that game, uh, yeah. they're, they're, you know, they maintain control, controlling their own destiny, and that A&M game just becomes massive on the road. Um, <clears throat> you win this game, you put yourself in a position where you, if you somehow pull it off against A&M, you're playing for the West. I mean, basically, right. you got Mississippi State and Carolina, but, I mean, you're, you're in now in great position for that Iron Bowl. Um, all right, let's talk a little recruiting real quick before we get out of here. Um, fill people in on what's going on this weekend, uh, visitor-wise, football, basketball. Um, and uh, it's, it's heating up on three release their rankings. Um, Auburn's a consensus 21st class in the country. Pretty good. Um Chance to get better. I don't think they're going to get worse. I don't think they're. I don't think they're setting up to fall. I think if anything, they're setting up to to get better. So, right. um, what's Jeffrey? What's it? What's it looking like this weekend uh, in terms of football, basketball visitors? Not a big weekend when it comes to official visitors. We've got uh, Marquise Gilbert, the top junior college defensive back. He's a safety. Um, they also like Keontae Scott at cornerback. But Marquise Gilbert's coming in uh, Friday afternoon. Going to bring his mom, dad girlfriend, brother. So, yeah, this is a big visit for him. Um, he's a teammate of Juwan Gaston out uh, uh, at, at Hutchinson. Juwan Gaston, for everybody that's not familiar with him, uh, he is a safety from Montgomery who signed with Auburn last year. Uh, has some grades, not really, I wouldn't say great. He has some trouble with some paperwork. Um, was told, you know, he actually did, did make enough, but it was too late and he had already gone to JUCO. So he's spending that year there. Uh, he'll also be at the game. Uh, but Marquis Gilbert, Auburn really, really wants a, uh, an experienced safety in this class, a guy who can come in who's already played some. Uh, and this guy has – I think he spent his first year at Bethune-Cookman um, before going to JUCO. So he's, he's had some collegiate experience. Uh, and then Amari Kelly, the four-star wide receiver from Hewitt Trussell, is coming down for his official visit. He's committed to Auburn, uh, but was very close with Cornelius Williams. Uh, and when Cornelius Williams was fired – what mid-season? What after the Georgia game? Maybe uh, was it after the Georgia game? No, it was after uh, Georgia State. State. Georgia State. Yeah, four after, games. Yeah, well, um, he might not have been the only one. Anyway, it's uh, <laughs> that game. Uh, you know, he was very close with Cornelius Williams, and when Cornelius Williams was fired, man, it, it really had an impact on Amari Kelly. And I think Auburn wanted to get him down as soon as possible, let him meet Eric Keysaw, uh, kind of get more familiar and more comfortable around him, build a better bond with this guy. Um, and that's kind of what this weekend is going to be about for him. Uh, so those two guys, although it's not uh, big name guys, at least in uncommitted or four five star guys, but this is, these are big visits for Auburn. This is um, a big weekend as far as that's concerned. Of course, basketball, you've got Chance Westry coming in, the number 45 overall player. I think he's number 30 in the consensus uh, coming in Auburn's top shooting guard uh, target for this class. He's going to announce Sunday night at six Eastern time, I believe, so five central. Uh, but you got to think that's good news. And we've, we've heard that if Auburn didn't get Nick Smith, which they didn't, uh, he went to Arkansas, that Chance would become the number one guy and um, all that has unfolded. So we expect Chance to come in to uh, Friday, leave Sunday, and then go home and announce his commitment to presumably Auburn, uh, which would be a big, uh, big, big get. Of course, we got Jarris Walker, you know, uh, the big uh, four-star forward going to Houston this weekend is another big visit. He's going to announce next Thursday, I believe, November 4th. And 
I'm not as confident in him uh, as I am with Chance, Chance Westry. Let's put it that way. I think if somebody put a gun to my head today, I'd probably say Houston um, because he's got such a great relationship out there with Sampson and, and, and what that program's been doing. So uh, it will be a big weekend for those official visits. We've got some unofficial visitors coming in this weekend. Cole had posted on the corner about two big four-star defensive linemen, Curtis Perry, uh, Tay Woody coming down from Lafayette, and then uh, running back. Um, from Dallas, Georgia, Justin Williams, who's committed to West Virginia, also coming in. And then uh, some 2023 guys, Tamarian Parker from Central Phoenix City is coming up, are coming over. And then uh, Christopher Vizilbalala. You know, yeah, there you go. That guy. That's what I, that's what I said. Um, yeah. big, I think he just got offered by Auburn in the last month or two. Uh, is that right, Cole? That's correct. Yeah. So he's coming down. So there's going to be some big names at this game. Night crowd, Halloween crowd. And I'm uh, really excited to uh, to see what kind of environment Auburn's uh, going to put up because I, I expect big things. This is really the only the first night game of the year at home, is it not? Um, uh, well, Akron. big game. I mean, you had Akron at oh, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Got, I mean, because Georgia was day, and yeah, I mean, you have three non conference games, and then you had Georgia, and you've played a few road games, and yeah. But yep, uh, you know. Well, it won't be as big as Georgia. It won't be as big as the Alabama game, but certainly uh, an important weekend of visits for Auburn, uh, both in basketball and football. Yep. Hey, is there a kid? Is there? Did I see something about? Sorry, I'm probably putting you guys on the spot right now in the middle of it. Uh, Jordan Hall. Is there a 2023 linebacker, Jordan Hall? Y'all familiar with him from South Florida? Um, Jordan Hall. Jordan Hall. I don't know. So, I, I thought I saw something about maybe that, maybe him, maybe some. I don't know if he's some kind of big time linebacker in twenty twenty three, but uh, um, <clears throat> I think that's going to be interesting. Do I know? It okay. doesn't ring a bell, but but I, I know for a fact that this game is going to be heavy on the twenty three twenty four class. Yeah, uh, that makes and, sense. And that makes sense too, because I mean, you know, you got what? It's October. It's the end of October, November. You got? Oh yeah, you know what? Go ahead, Cole. Keep going. I'm, I, I mean, I'm, you're almost you're almost to the early signing period, right? And and not not many guys wait to to, to sign in February anymore. So the 22 class is winding down. I mean, they're really starting to to put a lot of emphasis on these next classes. So you're going to see a lot of those guys, and we'll try to we'll try to get you all those names. That some of them will be this is the first time you've heard them, um, but you know. That's that's where it starts. When they start going on these visits, you know there's interest. You know there's interest on both sides. So you know all of them are important. This is what I was, I was trying to interrupt. I wasn't trying to, but Jordan Hall. I looked him up. He's from IMG Academy, which reminded me, wow. IMG Academy is playing at Auburn High School Friday night. Yeah. Um, and so all those kids are going to be in town. Um, I, I will be there. And and what a perfect opportunity for Auburn University to say, hey, dude. Y'all spend the night, come to the game. IMG yeah. is loaded with talent. I think the um, oh the 2024, they've got guys from the 2023, 2022, 2024. Um, uh, Gage, what's that running back's name Stacey. from IMG? What is it? Stacy Gage. Stacy Gage, yes. Uh, of course, Cadillac was there before he came to Auburn, what, about 10 years ago? So there's some history there with Auburn and IMG. Haven't had a lot of luck there, that's for sure. No. Um, but uh, but having those guys in town Friday night to play Auburn High School and uh, would certainly be beneficial for Auburn University to keep some of those guys in town 
and our and host the whole freaking team. Uh, and yep. when we, if we haven't already put out the list, I'm, I'm expecting to see a lot of those IMG guys. Yep. One of which would be four-star 2023 linebacker Jordan Hall. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Jordan. Okay. Hall. <laughs> Bring it full, full circle for you. Yeah, also, that makes sense. Four-star receiver Devin Hyatt should be there as well. 23 guy from IMG. And Justin Benton is a four-star defensive lineman from IMG who was at the Georgia game. We talked to him. Yeah. He was very impressed. Uh, said he'd be back, and I think he's going to be back tomorrow or uh, Saturday as well. So. Yeah, I'm interested to see how Auburn's commits, uh, Powell Gordon, uh, Drew Bobo, and, 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 and EJ Harris, uh, Reston Harris, I don't know what he goes by, um, perform against against IMG, right? That what that's a that's gonna be a great little litmus test for some Auburn commits to go up against um, you know, a a perennial, you know, powerhouse in IMG and some really good players. I'm curious to see if Bobo and Harris can hold their own. Um, I mean, that might be a chance for them to bump Absolutely. up in the rankings, have have a good game, show, especially those tackles. I mean, I mean, do something against that defensive line and, and hold your own. Um, and it might be some good tape to to bump bump yourself up in the rankings. There's going to be a lot of eyes on them for sure. Uh, on three, your uh, national recruiting analyst Chad Simmons will be there. He will. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, nice. I will yeah. be there. I will be there, and. We'll try to break it down. I get to be in my element watching the offensive line only. Oh, that's what I prefer. So, <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's true. That, I mean, yeah, that's what. Uh, that's the only thing I'll be really interested in is how those two guys are doing, and uh, as well as Braden Joyner, the twenty twenty three kid um, yeah. from Auburn High School. So, well, you know, I apologize to Drew and, and EJ in advance. I, I'm pretty harsh on it, so we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be honest. You know, I'm gonna tell you exactly what's happening. So, just uh, gear up for that. Yeah, yeah. What are you hey, gonna man, do? They get rolled up, man. Let me hear it. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> part of it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an all-star um, team, dude. You know, this is an all-star is, yeah. team. IMG, they, they recruit nationally. They bring the best player, blue chip guys in, and then they try to find people to play them. And Keith Etrich there at Auburn said, "Come on." Yeah. It's good a year as any. They're they're pretty loaded right now, so I'm I'm interested. So we'll keep an eye out. Are you going to have a thread going? Yes, I will. Okay, be similar Sweet. to it'll be kind of like what we do on game day with the real time analysis. I'll just try to, you know, keep it updated and uh, just talk about how they're faring with with those guys and if they make a big play or if they do well or how they're just just how they look in general, how they handle it. So. We'll have all that. Sweet. Coming. Yeah. So if you're listening on Saturday, just go back and keep an eye on it. If, if you don't catch this and, and you miss it or whatever, go, go, go read through it. Um, so that'll be an interesting, an interesting read. All right. Well, um, appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, should be hang a on, fun. Hang on, Justin. Hang on, yeah. Justin. I, I've got to, I've got to tell my, my Jarrell post story. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I, I promised the guys on the corner that I would uh, at least touch into it. And some, yeah, of yeah. You, some of you OGs do know what the story is. Some of you young yes. bucks there, Cole. With your little yeah. peach fuzz on your chin. <laughs> Darrell Poe was a five-star stud defensive tackle in the 2005 class. I mean, he was getting, uh, you know, Warren Sapp comparisons. I mean, this dude in high school, I urge you to go back and look at Darrell Poe's high school film. If you've seen Noel Devine as a running back or Trey Blackman as a linebacker, you need to see Darrell Poe as a defensive tackle, his high school highlights. This dude was 
badass. And so it's 2005 class. So if you remember 2004, Auburn went undefeated that year. <clears throat> it was my first year covering. And this was my first year. I'd spent two years at Randolph leading Roanoke had come back to Auburn to go to a fifth year graduate school and emailed Brian Matthews at rivals and said, Hey dude, I've got some background here. If you want to hire me for some part-time or something. And he did. And then I ended up getting a full-time job. So this was my first big class, Steve Gandy. And Mike McLaughlin from Wayne County in 2004 signed with Auburn. Y'all remember both of those two guys. Their teammate, their younger teammate was Jarrell Poe. Jarrell Poe and I, I mean, I was I was hitting the ground hard back then. Jarrell Poe and I became good friends. I mean, you know, he was the guy who always answered my phone calls, who always, you know, if I beeped him, you know, if I paged him, he'd call me back. Beep, beep, you know what I'm saying? He had the Mountain Dew pager. He saved up all the bottle, bottle tops and got him a new pager for Mountain Dew. Um, Hey, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we were, I had his trust. He had my man. He was telling me everything. I was Jarrell Poe, man. I had it going. Uh, like I said, Steve Gandy and Mike McLaughlin had just signed. Terry Price, Don Dunn were recruiting the hell out of this kid. And he was coming to Auburn. And he's getting picked for the U.S. Army game uh, to play in the U.S. Army, uh, which is a big deal. Still is, but it was an even bigger deal back then. He was going to play on TV, man. High school football game on TV once a year. It was a big deal. And so it was never an option for him to go anywhere other than Auburn. Like, I mean, it was Auburn the whole time. I'm building it up, Auburn the whole time. He's going to announce at the Army game. All right, cool, man. So I call him the night before, get his quotes Hey man, yeah, I'm gonna commit to Auburn tomorrow. Here's my quotes. I love Auburn. I love you know, blah blah blah. They got blah blah. I said, all right, Jarrell, what time are you gonna do it? In the morning at ten o'clock or whatever it was. Well, Auburn's was having their uh, celebration, their parade for the undefeated team that next day in Tumors Corner. I was like, damn dude, I'm gonna be at that parade. I said, I'm just gonna put it up at ten o'clock, and you know, he's gonna announce it on TV. I was like, I'm not gonna be around a computer. I don't have a phone. I don't have iPhones back in the day. So I'm just going to put it up at 10 o'clock. All right, man, that sounds great. That sounds great. Well, at 10.05, 10 o'clock the next morning, my story goes up. Jarrell Poe commenced all. Hey, he announced it at the uh, Army All-American game. I'm sitting up there in Tumor's Corner with Brian Matthews. And Brian Matthews looks at his phone. He has a little flip phone back then. And he goes, Jarrell Poe just committed to LSU. <laughs> Dude, you think I'm white now? You should. I was. I was Caucasian, son. I was like Caucasian supreme. The the I, I, I just couldn't believe it. Like he was. I, he was messing with me, right? Yeah, you just bull crap, man. No, dude. He just. He said he did it for the kids. <laughs> dude, I ran home. I ran to my car. Run, ran home. Got that. You know, the story was up for probably thirty minutes. And the kid had done it on live TV, so everybody knew he didn't commit to Auburn. <laughs> and so then I call him. Then I call. I get home. I call. I was like, "What the hell, man? What are you doing?" <clears throat> and he goes, "Man, he's what he told me. He said I did it for the kids." And I went. I, I looked at his quotes. And let me just read. This is this is what Jarrell. This is the reason he committed to LSU. Now you got to remember. Now Les Miles hadn't been on the job at LSU for less than two weeks. He didn't have a defensive coordinator. He didn't even have a, his full staff put together. Jarrell Poe committed to LSU because it, he thought it would sound better for the kids back home. Uh, I, 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 he said, I, I like LSU, but it's just something I basically did for TV. 
I was the first one from my school ever to be an All-American. That's basically how my decision was made. It's still subject to change on signing day. Auburn is still neck and neck, and Ole Miss is slightly behind them. This is not my final choice. I just like LSU, and I was actually doing what my mom told me to do, and which is to do it for the kids. <laughs> so he basically said, I'm going to say Unbelievable, man. Because he thought the prestige yeah. of saying LSU was bigger and that the kids back home would be more proud of him for going to LSU than going to Auburn. Well, Auburn ended up dropping the cat. He ended up signing with LSU. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I, that was uh, that's the story of how I got pod. Pod, man, that was a that was a that that became a uh, a, a very famous phrase. Getting pod. He just decided the LSU would sound better, so he went and he LSU. ends up at Ole Miss, right? So did he go JUCO and then ends up at Ole Miss? Yeah, he, he signed with Ole Miss. Signed with Ole Miss straight go, out. I think he did go to JUCO. He, he did, his grades were not there, but yeah, NCA was after him for forever. I mean, yeah, and here's the thing: Steve Gandy and Mike McLaughlin, both awesome dudes, right? I don't know if any either of you two ever got to meet them, but they were really awesome dudes. I mean, very great. They were like, after this, I was like, dude, your boy, man, he just screwed me over. And they're like, man, you, you can't trust that guy. <laughs> I'm like, well, damn, dude. You should have told me that a week ago. Oh, I man. went to bed that night. I had my Jarrell Post story. I was going to break this commitment. Here it is, ready to go. And he, he said, I, I'm going to go commit to LSU for the kids, man, for the kids back home watching. Anyways, uh, Cole, there's a good, good learning experience for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking that one in, no doubt. Yeah, back in the day, you couldn't pop on your phone and take the story down. You had to no, go to your car, drive home. I was, uh, a minute. I was like, wait, what? Just, just go on. Pode, man. No. Hashtag pode. Pode, I mean, that's, yeah. So people like were just, you know, in this newer generation, maybe the, maybe they remember, well, gosh, my, my worst experience was, was eh, probably, my worst experience was probably TJ Yeldon. Uh, and then, because I, I was really tight with, with, the, with Yeldon and that whole thing, and he said everything publicly right and and only to then literally the day before dead period switches his commitment via a release via email on a Sunday on a dead day. So Auburn couldn't do anything about it. Auburn couldn't reach him, whatever. And then it was a dead period. And then he, and then he signed that, that about, we, we literally had people leave the site. People were like, I'm not following recruiting anymore. They left the site. They were like, that's how much it pissed them off when, uh, but Yeldon, but I was thinking, Jeffrey, the only other guy, I mean, there's been others, but um, um, the only guy I can remember where you where you got similar to that was Robert Quinn, right? From North, they went up going to North Carolina. Wasn't he like going to Auburn and then literally signing day? I mean, didn't you have quotes from him potentially going to Auburn? Robert Quinn, that defensive yeah, end. I, I remember exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Terry, Terry Price was all over that guy. Yeah. Um, he's yeah, he's another one I felt like him. was. Yeah, that was a shocker. Yes, he went to yeah, yeah, of big, all big, big places, shocker. of all places, North Carolina. Back, I mean, you know, nobody yeah. picked North Carolina over Auburn, and that yeah. dude went on. He, he was a stud. Yeah, he's good. He was a stud. Oh man, but yeah, it, this I, I learned a lesson that time, and I, I truly believe Jarrell was committed to Auburn. I mean, that was his school. That was where he was going, and and, and it, it was just I'm going on live TV, and and everybody back home they were. All the community was getting together in the gym to watch it on uh, on big screen, and I, and, I, and he thought the LSU would sound better. LSU, who had just fired their coach and hired this cat from Oklahoma State, who didn't even have a defensive coordinator or a staff, 
he thought it would sound better for the kids. So I'd love to know what LSU was thinking. Like, like, was there somebody from LSU? Were they even watching the game? Were they watching it and they were like, hey, wait, did, did you guys, did he just say LSU? Like, yeah. guys, I think Jarrell Poe just committed us. Like, It's kind of like, uh, isn't it Drake Hurtpatrick that picked up the Texas hat and he had the Alabama hat and he goes, this one got more swag than the Texas hat. And he put it on and that's why he committed, or he said anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no, that's, that's why he committed. Yeah. yeah, right. Swag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't that uh, <laughs> cherry maroon charger out there in the front. Yeah, with 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 Dre with Dre on the side. No, man, yeah. those were the Drake Kirkpatrick, Jarrell Harris. Boy, that started it. Boy, that that Julio. was some hot about, hot uh, times, man. Julio, Dre, Jarrell Harris. How about Cyrus Quandria? What did y'all do on that one? Oh, God. oh shit! That, now that was that. I remember that vividly because that was. Heck, I remember where I was. I was in Columbus, Georgia, doing Gabe Wright stuff, and and, and when all that was going back and forth, um, and he and he's he he commits to Auburn, and then he goes off, and everybody pressures him, and he disappears, and oh my gosh, yeah, that oh was, yeah, that, that was crazy. Well, I tell you, they're, 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 everything was so clean those days, wasn't it? <laughs> then you had yeah. uh, you had Brent Calloway uh, being rushed off to uh, was it Fort Walton Beach or somewhere down there. <laughs> Uh, Auburn wasn't allowed at Prattville. Yep. Yep. There for a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, of course. Uh, Auburn couldn't get any guys from Auburn high school. Ruben Foster gets the Auburn tad on his arm. <laughs> Jeez. Rashawn Evans. Rashawn Evans. Oh yeah. Yeah, man, man. It was some dirty stuff. <laughs> yeah, I ain't saying, were... I ain't saying Auburn was clean, but my God. They sure didn't win any of those uh, bidding wars. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was it was bad. And of course, Trevon was your guy. I remember Trevon committing to Auburn, uh, and then his coach did his coach publicly come out and 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 have I can't remember exactly what he said, but he had some crap to say about. He, he said Trevon made a bad decision. Yeah, yeah. It was it was awful, dude. It was awful. What? Yeah. Yes. The guy commits like like crying. His mom, you know, he's passed away. It's this big emotional thing for the kid. And yeah. the coach down there in Louisiana goes, yeah, just publicly says that the dude screwed up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to send it at LSU. Oh, Recruit, man. Recruiting. Lorio. Lorio was his name. Went down, I went yep. down there. Yep. Awful. I, that was one of those where you're you're looking for a good story from the head coach, and he just will not give it to you. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was very awkward, very cringeworthy. <sighs> wow. Man, we're gonna we're gonna uh, we need to have an episode. Uh, of just nothing but recruiting stories in the off season. We need to we need to do that. Like for I mean Jeffrey, you've been doing this long enough, but like maybe in the off season we need to come back and do like a series of just oh yeah just stories on just you know guys in the two thousands, late two thousands, two thousand ten, whatever. Just relive some of that madness. Yeah, I can I can give the fans' point of view. I guess just sitting there watching those things happen, <laughs> and then y'all can give the backstory. <laughs> Man, that was uh, that was crazy. Rashawn was crazy too. Of course, I, what's funny is when Rashawn did it, uh, the the website went down at Rivals. It was down. I was like, well, that's perfect. Honestly, that's yeah. for the best. It's, but yeah. he, he committed, it's, it's, and yeah. I think during that time, the the website was like down for an hour. And I'm like, well, this is actually great. And we just didn't have to deal with any of the shit for like a, for like an hour. Yeah, blessing. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. That was that was that was brutal. People wonder how Nick Saban got the talent he does today. I mean, let's just put it this way. He had a lot of support. Yeah. <laughs> he had a lot of support. Sure. Yes. Oh, man, that's fun. That's fun stuff. Um, all right. Uh, go to AuburnLive.com. Subscribe. 
uh, be a part of the site and uh, make sure and uh, uh, catch us next time. I hope everybody has a good day, good Saturday, watching football, be at the game, be loud. Uh, Cooler weather, that'll be nice. Um, Just enjoy it. Have a good weekend. And for Jeffrey Cole, Justin, we'll, we'll see you next time.